Betty drilled a hole in the door of his house so that he could spy on her. He was supposedly struck blind as a result and became known as Peeping Tom, a phrase still in common use in the 21st century to stigmatize voyeurs. The Earl, meanwhile, kept his word and reduced the burden of taxation, this last element in the story being one of the reasons why a whiff of legend clings to its telling. The legend itself seems to originate from around 200 years later, in the 13th century, and despite its antiquity, is almost certainly fiction, especially the peeping Tom part, which seems much more recent in origin. However, Lady Godiva definitely existed, though the name itself is a Latinization of the original, very common Anglo-Saxon female forename, God-Yivu, God-Given One. Renowned, it seems, for her piety and beauty, she came from a prominent West Mercian family and was a large-scale landowner in her own right, making extensive donations to the church and founding a number of religious institutions. She outlived Lee Offric and even seems to have survived the Norman conquest of England which took place towards the end of her life. It is not clear whether pre-conquest Coventry was a really substantial town, even by the standards of the time. The only firm evidence is that a religious house, a richly endowed priory devoted to St. Mary, was established there by Godiva and her husband in 1043. A population certainly began to accrue around this place, which, like most medieval foundations, was a centre of economic as well as religious activity. Coventry's entry in Doomsday Book, 1086, recorded a population of less than 300, though for bureaucratic reasons this may not have included the existing urban area, if such there was. By the 14th century, however, it had certainly become an important walled town, a bishop's see with a cathedral priory, a thriving market, and a population of between five and ten thousand. This made Coventry, by some measurements, the fourth largest town in the entire Kingdom of England, surpassed only by Bristol, Norwich, and London. A major part of Coventry's rapid growth and consequent prosperity came from the River Sherborne, which ran through the middle of the town, there forming a large lake that is still memorialised in the Bablake district, and one of the city's well-known historic places of learning, Bablake School. The river and lake provided a source of water and power for mills. There were plentiful supplies of timber nearby, especially in the forest of Arden, for fuel and building purposes. Building stone, a distinctive red sandstone, was quarried mainly at nearby Whitley and Charlesmore. There were good arable land and extensive commons all around Coventry, making excellent grazing for sheep. Its central location in England and proximity to the ancient Roman roads of Watling Street and the Foss Way, still important routes in the Middle Ages, made it ideally situated for trade. Coventry would repeatedly, in its history, find itself classed in whatever form of words was current as a boomtown. The first time it acquired prominence on the industrial landscape was in the 14th century, when Coventry became famous as a centre of cloth dyeing, hence the importance of the river. Specifically, it became the best-known producer of a fine-quality wash-proof azure dye synthesised from woad, in turn a product of the leaves of the plant Isotis tinctoria. By the high Middle Ages, this expensive Coventry blue cloth was exported all over Europe and brought, while the trade lasted, great prosperity to the town.
so much so that the actual chemical makeup of the dye was said to be a closely guarded secret. A 17th-century book of English proverbs linked Coventry to the expression true blue. In fact, the phrase ran in its full form, true as Coventry blue. Even centuries later, with the wool trade a thing of the distant past, the famous dye itself remains lodged in the city's memory through the sky-blue playing strip of the local football team, who are still known as the Blues. Although medieval and early modern Coventry became a city of well-endowed churches, its three spires, the tall steeples of St. Michael's, Holy Trinity, and Christchurch dominating the skyline, became a famous landmark associated with the city. It was nonetheless always a place of practical work and industry. In the English Civil War, Coventry was a hotbed of parliamentary sentiment. A royalist siege was resisted by a joint force of parliamentary troops and townspeople in August 1642.